Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to be talking about dicamba training. And our Super Bowl theme for the episode today, we're going to be talking about Anheuser-Busch's ad that they ran during the Super Bowl. In our Ag History Minute, we're going to talk about the Ram Truck Super Bowl commercial from a few years back. And in Cool Beans, that's corny. We'll deviate a little bit and talk about some up, some current events in agriculture. So today with me are Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? Todd Schomburg. Hey to all the Tilthies out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. So Andy Reid got his ring. Pretty our, cool. Our Pretty king. Cool. Our yeah. king, Andy Reid. The walrus has done it. It's yeah. cool to have a Packer tie to it at least a little bit. So yeah, he's no, old Packer coach. Yep. That's the that fan base thing, you know, where you just have to somehow include your franchise into every, In every Super Bowl. Part. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Like I'll take you know, it. If the 49ers won't we'll be like, well, we gave them a good test in the playoffs. I, so. we, did, we didn't give them a good test, though, but, but we, still. we played them but in the still. playoffs. There we was did. a game. We did. The Packers were present for that yes. game. Yep. Were, were they? Yeah, they, <laughs> were, they were there. They were there. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, when the Seahawks when the Seahawks were in the Super Bowl, we're like, well, we helped them get there by muffing an onside kick. So basically, our Super Bowl, you know, there's no matter what, it seems like we have to interject and I think that's a lot of franchises too. I, I saw a lot of Philadelphia Eagles fans being like, "Andy, oh, yeah, Andy's Andy our got coach." Start there, yeah. And which is, I mean, it's true, but still, yeah, yeah. It was a good game, though. A lot of, lot of action. Good game. Good commercials in general. So that was yeah, fun. it was probably one of the better commercial years in in a few years. The the Super Bowl halftime show was maybe a little bit. Uh, my TV, it was windy that night, and when it's real windy, it cuts in and out. Oh yeah. So. It was probably all right because some of that stuff was not appropriate for kids. You know, it wasn't exactly uh, okay. Well, okay, it boomer. wasn't yeah. terrible. Yeah, okay, okay boomer. boomer. All right. It, I'll put First it this of all, way though: is what it, kind of parents still had their kids up at halftime? Well, that Super was Bowl. our deal. They could stay up till then, and then it was are, off to bed. Are so. you that guy that's suing the Super Bowl for not his immortal soul? <laughs> the, the if you've watched Dancing with the Stars though, and watched that, it it really wasn't that much different. My, so I'll give you guys that it the, wasn't totally like all these. Karen's telling us that, you know, oh, this was so inappropriate. I did not hear any outrage last year when Adam Levine danced with his shirt off. He was, yeah, yeah. he was completely topless. Yeah. So, I mean, and he, very sensual dancer. So I don't, I, what are all these Karens? I haven't heard that term. It's great. A Karen, that's, that's (laughs) the, the name associated with people who are, most likely to call over a manager or you oh, know, complain yeah. and be like, <laughs> "Sorry, sorry, anybody who's actually named Karen, who's actually a really nice person, I'm very sorry that your name is officially associated with um, I don't, difficult people. Yeah, difficult yeah. people. Uh, there's a haircut associated as well. The the short, like remember Kate Goslin from Johnny uh, K plus eight. Johnny K plus oh, eight. Yeah, like that, yeah, that oh, short yeah. haircut. That's also that's the, like the Karen, Karen haircut. Karen. Yeah, yeah, the may I speak to your manager haircut. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why doesn't my kid have more playing time? That, yeah, that kind of person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, those seem to be the ones that are the most upset about the halftime commercial, and it's like, or the halftime show. And it's like, come on, I, there was no outrage last year when it was a guy doing it, when but now it's sexist, is what it is. Yes, yeah, yes. right. <laughs> so I liked i I don't I don't remember, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember there being political commercials during the Super Bowl. Before. No, that was a definite downside this year of having three political commercials during the. But you're right. It's so far usually from you know, it's not till November, so usually they're not and advertising it, on it. So yeah, I know it's it would only be every four years the Super Bowl would have a political commercial. 
But I still, like, in my head, I was like, okay, come on, really? You have to ruin the Super Bowl for me? But <laughs> at the same time, genius marketing. Whoever oh, yeah, finally they're... figured that out, that, like, hey. All these people are watching, yeah. Why don't we buy a commercial during the biggest commercial showing of the year? Well, naturally, it was the two richest guys that, that did yeah, it. Right. Yeah. So, because right. what was it, six? Six million and change for thirty seconds, I believe. And they the, were long commercials too. Right, one of them was. <clears throat> was it, I know one it was of them Bloomberg sure was. and Trump, right? That right, those two. Bloomberg had two, and Trump no, had one. Trump had Trump two. Had the two, okay. And Bloomberg had one. Yeah. So. Yep. But I don't. I don't remember the commercials at all. I don't remember what they said. I don't really care. I just was like, in my head, I was like, I can't believe it's taken this long for someone to go, hey, we should advertise during the Super, Super Bowl. But yeah, what was your favorite commercial? I like the Snickers hole. The or they drop hole. the big Snickers. Yeah, they drop the... a giant Snickers, and then there's like this. I missed that one, and everybody has said that was their favorite <laughs> one. I'm so upset. And I don't, I, God forbid, I look it up on YouTube and just watch it. They, yeah. It was cool that you said they made an actual real huge Snickers. Yeah, I guess they like actually it wasn't just this set a world record for largest candy bar by building a giant Snickers. Because well. it made yeah. it look like it's just a CGI wrapped yeah. thing they dropped in the Snicker hole. So yeah, I like cool. I like the one with uh, Sam Elliott and Lil Nas X. The yeah. what was that? Mo- the Mountain, Dew, off. Mountain Dew Z- Zero? Mountain Dew... No, it was Doritos. I Doritos. Think. Yep, you're right. It was Doritos. I'm yeah. sorry. Doritos. See, I I don't even care what, what the product was. I just remember, <laughs> right. I just remember Sam Elliott's that mustache, mustache doing the worm. Yeah. And That's thinking, a bad yeah. advertising then, Max, if you don't remember what they're what Well, they're no, because about. I can... That's most commercials, though. I can easily look it up and say, Sam Elliott Super Bowl commercial, and then I have it. And Lil Nas X is probably one of the biggest pop culture icons right now. I don't know. Todd, do you know who Lil Nas X is? No idea. Matt? Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, that's the, the Old Town Old Road. Town Road. Yep. Yeah. Todd, your kids definitely know who he is. So Todd knows okay. Old Town Road. Yeah, I, I know that. I know that. Your wife, being a seventh grade teacher, she definitely knows Old Town Road because every, every every middle American child sings that song. My six year old sings that song yeah. all the time. Plus, it was Billy Ray's comeback, so you really should get on the train, Todd. All right, that was I. I what I liked about that commercial was Billy Ray at the end, like I ain't dancing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Sierra asked me. She goes, "Is he a hippie or a, a cowboy?" Or I'm not really sure. And I said, "It's a very good question. I'm not very sure about Billy Ray either right now." He's got an achy, breaky heart. Yeah, that he does have an achy, breaky heart. All right, well, let's get into <clears throat> the dicamba stuff so then we can get back to the Super Bowl. All so, right, I'm throwing you guys off right away. We're doing the uh, you applied what? What did you do? Sorry, so we're going to fill in for Bill. Yeah, because it has to do with our topic, so we'll start there. I got five things today. It's pretty much a layup. Ingenia, Extendamax. Fexapan, Tavium, and Enlist. Hmm. It's a stumper. I'm going to go with Enlist. What do you got, Max? Hmm. Hmm. I want to guess different than Matt. That's just my goal in life is to guess different different. than Matt. So I'm going to go Tavium. Yeah, I, Tavium's the new one, and that one's tricky. It is a tricky one, yeah. So Enlist is the new 24D, and then Max kind of got it with, you know, we're used to Ingenia, Extendamax, and Fexapan um, for basically some post-application of Orpri um, on soybeans of dicambas that are labeled to use. Um, and Tavium's kind of a newer product, 
and that's a combination of dicamba and s which is a grass herbicide, so a pre-emerged grass herbicide, or or we can use it post it and um, basically give us a little bit more residual with that. So it is kind of a neat new thing out there and uh, maybe one we can talk more about sometime. But main part, we want to remind everybody out there that remember dicamba training is required every year. So if you got your little certificate last year that you could spray dicamba, you still need to get it again this year. Yep, because sometimes the rules do change year to year. Setbacks change, so you got to go through it all over again. Yeah, there's different bunch of websites available for that training. Um, obviously, if you took it again, you know, last year, you could do kind of the same thing. Uh, one of them's ingeniastewardship.com, um, where they've got like online modules and just little things. And then at, you, you type your name in at the beginning, you know, kind of about yourself and who you are, address, all that. And then at the end, if you complete it, you get a little certificate um, that you have to show if you do run into a problem when you spray it. So it does take about an hour to complete. So to me, February might not be the bad month to do that. Nope, not to, at all. To um, crank out your, uh, your, your training training, and get that done. Um, there is other ones besides Ingenia's Extendamax and Fexapan. Um, basically just whatever product you're used to using, uh, whatever company you're used to working with, uh, Google search their name and, They've got like something stewardship dot com and um, where you can go to 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 look at that. So and even if you're going with a custom application, make sure <clears throat> you find somebody who is going to spray Ingenia. Don't just assume whoever you you're using sprays it if you haven't used it before, because there are some people who are either haven't taken the training or um, don't want to deal with the issues that we've had with this, the new Dicamba formulation. So. Always check with your applicator before. You're good point, man. This it. would be a good time of year to just ask them. You know, you're you're buying your seed. You know if it's got um, extend soybeans or not. You know what the traits are, and are you going to spray that for those traits? Um, would be a good time to do that because I agree the the this is the time to know, and then you know when we get into June, we can decide whether or not you're going to spray it, and you know if you got somebody that will spray it or not. I would like to just let people know that these products are not as scary as they're made out to be. If you follow the directions, they're very manageable. We don't, I, I don't know that there's been a case that I've heard anyway of drift where the directions were followed. I, it's a hard one because there's so much areas in Illinois where this was a huge problem, but I would agree with Max in our area in Wisconsin, it was not, and we are getting better at knowing how to apply it. Um, the other part I want to say is we've been spraying dicamba for many years, so this is not new. What is new is the timing, but we've also been spraying um, products in corn like status, post. Um, and so if you're spraying your status, you know, spray your extend around that same time. I would say I got caught that there was this, you know, usually status were kind of in mid-June yet. Um, and two years ago when it was legal to apply extend, I did apply some later in July. It worked out fine, but it is one of those things that the earlier you can apply it, the better. And that also goes with weed size as well too, is the smaller than we can get the weeds, the better as well. So it is kind of that way a win-win that we just got to get better at spraying two inch tall weeds because two inch tall water hemp, because that's hopefully in the right time. Right. It is, isn't meant to be a bailout product where, oh crap, it got big on me. Now what do I do? 
I'll just spray dye cam on it. That's not the purpose of the this tool. We want to make sure we're using it the right way. And like Todd said, it, you want to catch the weeds when they're small, kill them then. Max, you were at the Weed Society West Central North, meeting. North, North Central, Central Weed yeah, Science Society. Yes. yes I and was at that meeting. When I went there with Bill two years ago, it was literally all about all the drift issues and kind of how what to look for, how to avoid it. Um, this year, did it feel like it was less about that? At yeah, that it, was, it was a lot less about drift and more about combinations of using or, or mixes using these dicamba products what we can you know what programs we can come up with using these dicamba products you know to because they're you know they're not a one it's not you know go out and spray and list once and everything's taken care of so no I, i think that goes to show that we're getting better at knowing how to use this product people are hopefully following the label more um do you agree with that that it yeah that that the the research is caught up with with the application like three years ago when ingenia came out i think it was three years ago it's about right three three or four years ago anyway i went to a meeting and they talked it was an ingenia product um meeting and um a guy from further south um i think around missouri was there to speak and he he said to us he said you wisconsin people have been spraying dicamba and been very successful for a long time we down south we do not use it you know and that and that's kind of where a lot of these problems arose because they needed it worse than we did at that point and uh had no experience with it where we we need it but we also have the experience of using it a little bit in our corn well and we don't have as many veg crops and other specialty crops up this way that they were dealing with down there that right. were getting damaged so right right that's the other part is no yeah know what's around your your field which you'll learn in the training but yeah know know how to 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 know there's a susceptible crop close. And that's what's hard is the dose is so low to be susceptible. That's what's unreal too is well, you don't need a lot and it'll it'll show. I I think also I, I, I to me it would come into play um, that I guess down there generally their fields seem to be larger as you move south a little ways. And I think if you're on those large fields, you're just like, oh, well, we, you know, we have a 200-acre field. Well, how much can go wrong? You know, it's pretty standard and it's square and, you know, we can't really screw up, and that's not the truth. The weather does not know acreage. Right. You know, temperature inversion doesn't go, oh, yep, we got to move over five acres before we can I, drop. It's it's completely erratic, and there's no That's there's another no good point is it. that it's more to do with inversion than it is drift, and that's Correct. a new thing for us to get used to, too, that it's it's temperature inversions. It's not wind speed. You actually do want a little bit of wind. So it's it's tricky that way. Yeah, because it's all calculated. It's all calculated with a little bit of wind to it. You know the right. the speed and yeah, you have three to ten mile an the hour, droplet so. size and all that stuff. We have a we have a formula for how that's supposed to work. It's when you're spraying in twenty mile per hour winds, or early in the morning, or really late at night, or yeah. during a big temperature shift. That's the yeah, that's time, the issues. <clears throat> timing is big. Yeah. yeah, Max, you had said. It was 2016 release date, so December 21st, 2016. So it would have been the growing year of 17. I would say that, that, that sounds that right. I'm telling you, it is right. I'm just no. I'm, just I'm trying it. to think when I was at that meeting if it was that summer or the next summer. But that we used it more, yeah. Um, that well, I went to um a meeting down by uh, in Rock County, um, okay. and, and Vince Davis spoke, and that yep, was BASF was yeah. Um, yep. Vince Davis spoke, and he that was who had mentioned that uh, you know down salt they just haven't had the product problems, you know yeah. they just haven't used the use the the uh growth inhibitors like we we do up here so yeah 
Yeah, now Enlist is also on the market. So check your, your as you're buying seed right now, look at what you can spray on it. Um, enlist beans. Um, yeah, we, also, get, we get the two E's extend and enlist, yeah. so make well, sure you know. Yeah. It's spelled with an X, though, so it's weird. Right, yeah, yeah, but it, it, it starts it with an E. Yeah, yeah. right. The, and the enlist beans, um, from what I've read, all of them should be Liberty as well. So you've got that combo, too, that if if you get in season and um, you want to use Liberty instead of uh, the 2,4-D, you could do that. Um, so make sure you're checking, you know, what you have, um, kind of prioritize which fields those need to go on where you have problems this time of year is a good thing to look at. Um, but as we add more, uh, products, there's going to lead to more confusion and potential for more crop damage. So yeah, make sure you're, you're reading the label on the bag and <clears throat> because yeah, the enlist beans do not have dicamber resistance and so they will die if you spray extend on them. Yes. Yes. Do you guys, are you guys going to be planting a lot of those Enlist and, you know, Extend beans this year? Uh, a little bit, I think, but not. Yeah, a, a, a lot of Extend beans, a um, little bit is still Roundup Ready 2s and a little bit of Enlist, I just, um, some Liberties. So every wherever we need the tool, we're trying to make the right placement. I, I need the tool, and I was doing some pricing yesterday, and they're very competitive, I think. It, yeah, I, oh, it's yeah. not, yep. it's not a, you know, an arm and a leg more to have this. It's, that's a good point, Max, is when some of these new technology comes, you got to pay a lot for it. And in this case, it hasn't been an extreme amount more cost or anything it, to the It's grower. more, but it's not It's not ridiculous. It's not like some of the technologies we've seen. Well, that's, sure. that's the way Extend started, too, is a little bit more. And so now we've just got to watch the agronomics over the next few years and see, um, you know, Extend, we've had white mold issues a little bit more and see what Enlist can bring to the table here. Yeah, this yeah. Do, this doesn't fall into the category of those technologies that I, you know, just it's just not worth it. I think that it, it's already worth it in the right spot. If, if you need it. But yep. there's there's places where, you know, some of the technology comes out and it's it's just not even close to economical, and I, this is not one of those. Right. No, absolutely not. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's get into our Spotlight. So today, going with the Super Bowl talk we had earlier, uh, last year Anheuser-Busch had the big Bud Light ad with no corn syrup and proceeded to tick off a bunch of U.S. corn growers. Uh, This year they decided to give money to Organic Barley Transition, so I don't know if you saw the ad, but they had the... uh, Michelob Ultra Gold, Pure Gold? Pure Gold, yeah. Is the first Do you think Rank Pure Gold? Beer. Uh, yeah. Remember Rank Pure Gold Alfalfa? Alfalfa, yeah. You think that's got a... Uh, <clears throat> Copyright right. issue there, yeah. They must have figured that out. But yeah, that that commercial was interesting. Matt actually showed us the commercial before the Super Bowl, because I didn't realize now you can watch them all before the Super Bowl. Um, but during, we saw it, and you know, it starts with a, with the farmer out in his field, and they're talking about becoming organic... Um, and just the, um, the the amount they showed kind of over portrays a little bit. I mean, they've got like in one scene they've got um, twenty five horse riders, and they say if everybody on those horses buys organic, it'll transition. Like, and then they pan to we're seeing it right now um, a combine combine in like over a, like probably five acres worth of amount. And when I did the math, it was only like the size of a small room, what that would actually transition. So the the amounts are real tricky. 
Um, real good tweet coming out. A bunch of good tweets. One of them I really liked was, if everyone at the Super Bowl buys a six-pack of Anheuser-Busch organic beer, AB will help convert about 12 acres to organic production. Hashtag perspective. So I thought it was... Yeah, I was doing a little math while we watched it, and uh, Matt was doing a ton of math, which was great math. Because we were, do not let him do not let him understate his math ability no, here, because this was impressive. And it was basically trying to get us to figure out how much beer we could drink. So I like where this math is going, Matt. So, to, for starters, every for every acre they were going to convert, you would need to purchase seven thousand two hundred and sixty six packs per acre. Six packs. Six packs, yep. So multiply by that by six, that's how many beers you'd have to drink. Challenge accepted. They're capping it at a million dollars. Yeah, the the small print at the end of the ad was great. I mean, it, that and, is that a million dollars does not convert very many acres. No, well, Matt's got the math mm. on that, but I mean, at least they that's still a substantial amount. Well, what did the ad cost though? Too is part of it. Were six million for thirty seconds, uh, right. and, and it was a minute long ad. So, so twelve million, and, but we only have a million to give. Come on, uh, yep. yep. So 7,142 acres is what you would get for that million dollars by, the, by their math of $140 an acre. Yeah, we, we took, they <clears throat> had that basically the, the, it's two cents per six pack is what they're giving. Um, and we have till wow. twelve thirty one twenty one to drink that many six packs. So they gave it, that's two years um, to, I, to drink that many. My, um, my question is, how do they come up to that? Um, that cost per acre. Yeah, yeah, and I think they've got this um, 2019 initiative contract for change, so they're trying to convert like barley acres, and it's all in the the contracts and the premiums for transitioning. What is is it? Three years to become organic, or seven? three years? Three, three years. years. Three years. Most places, I think there are some places it's a little bit longer. Okay, so but yeah, to me, for the most part three. To me, three years you have to farm organic, but you don't get organic premiums. Right, and that's what they're trying. That's and exactly what they're trying to bridge. That it's got to be way more than hundred forty dollar acre. It it it's got to cost way more than that per year. And, I, I, and, and I don't know if that's per year or per right, which if, would be less. It'd be like 40, 46, 50, almost fifty bucks a year. So yeah, is that over over three years? years so. or what do you what do you what would you guys call the yield drag between organic and conventional right now? In barley, I have no idea. Um, the the barley might be easy. Well, yeah, barley compared to like corn. Yeah, yeah your small grains do a little bit better in the transition. True. I would say your hardest ones are soybeans and corn, um, but like alfalfa works pretty great, even just the transition. So, yeah, so if you work a field and get it relatively clean in the fall, get a good establishment of that barley, you probably get decent weed suppression. So, and there is there is organic um, weed killers that yeah. can be used. Um, yeah, I don't know how many in small grains. Yeah, I just the, yeah. the numbers are real interesting here, though, of, of what they were trying to so, do. So what I figured then, uh, putting those numbers. <laughs> well, I together, thought that was all the math. Oh no, that. I got I got more. <laughs> okay, so it's fifty one million eight hundred and fifty thousand nine hundred and twenty six packs that would have to be consumed to meet that million dollar goal. And for fun, just for funsies, because we're in Wisconsin. Uh, that would be if a quarter of the U.S. or of the Wisconsin population cons- uh, over twenty-one consumed just the Michelob Ultra Pure Gold, that would meet the goal. So that's a quarter of what, By next week? what we drink 
a year. No, it would take all year, but yeah. So if a quarter of the over 21 population drank it all year. A quarter. One quarter. Yep. So one quarter so, of our so over 21 there's population. there's a chance. Yeah. So if UW Oshkosh switched to only pure <laughs> gold. We could, but I think all the college population would switch. They could, they could potentially. First do of it. all, let's let's break this down here for a second. College kids are not buying organic. Beer. No, no, they, a, wow. B, no, they're yeah. not buying it by a six pack. Now, when I looked it up, it was like eight bucks a six pack. So yeah, it's, okay. it's more expensive. I have two. Far. I have two bottles in my fridge right now. Um, I have a friend who he only drinks. That's all he drinks is the organic beer. He believes, you know, the organic beer would be better for you, which. To me, if you're drinking beer, it doesn't really matter if it's organic or not. But, um, and I, I'd say it's a, it's a step up from Red Dog. It's a step down from Bushlight. That would be my, that'd be my take on that. Yeah, I've never drank it. Have I, you? I have not had it. Yeah. No. It's fine. It's not bad. It's light beer. I mean, it's not. One of the main next podcasts, we'll have to get a six pack and we can uh, Let's, do yeah. a taste test. I can run across the road to Don's quick and get it. I know <clears> they sell it at Don's. I mean, we could, we could do it yet this this episode. Matt had a. The other stat that was crazy, guess how many beers the average Wisconsinite drinks in one week, Max? Um, <laughs> um, let's see here. Not you, the average, no, I'm, I'm saying. I'm going to go... I'm going to go one a day. That is correct. One a day. Pretty one, close to just one a day. over one. It was yeah. like seven beers a week, so a six-pack a week, and it, it just over that. Yep, so give or take, crazy. Yeah. One a day, yeah. Last, that's last, totally believable. Last math I've got was so, like Todd mentioned before in the commercial, the disparity from what they're showing to yes. what they're saying, you know, compared to what they're saying. So, in the image I went off was the full pivot they showed. So, a full pivot section pivot would be about five hundred forty acres. They had roughly ninety five people dancing around. They said if every one of these ninety five <laughs> people, yep. Bought a six pack, they would transition that five hundred forty acres. Uh, survey says that's false. It's not even close. It's five point seven acres a person. So by the earlier math of needing seven thousand two hundred sixty six packs per acre, each one of them would have to drink forty one thousand three hundred eighty two six packs <laughs> to convert that five hundred forty acres. So that equals that is just not even yeah. When so they, they would say, all be dead. Yes, <clears throat> yes. If they consume that in one sitting. That's a lot of beer. If they consume they, that in one sitting. They got, they got two years. We got till 1231, That's still an insane amount of beers. Because, yeah. okay, let's do let's do this math quick, okay? So say the average Wisconsinite is six beers a week, six times 52 times two. So if you're an average Wisconsinite, you drink 624 beers in two years. Yeah, that's I mean, a lot less than forty one thousand. That's a lot of beers. Still, it was forty one thousand six packs, correct? Yep, yeah, and that's two hundred forty eight thousand two hundred ninety two beers. Yes, yeah, so only like only like two hundred thousand left I, to go. That is part of my problem with that commercial was. They, I wish they would have just showed like one six pack converts the size of a the size of a broken down a, six pack cardboard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, it's it's not very big. I mean, six square feet is. Very small in terms of a full field, so that that was a little frustrating. That no, yeah, they kind was, of over portrayed that way overblown. Yeah. yeah, let's go into the egg history minute where we can talk about a really well done commercial from back in the day. Well, if you play the right music, I'll play the right music. We, I got it. it. I know you like the banjo, Matt. I know. Strolling down the river, listening to some banjo. 
All right. So for today's Ag History Minute, <clears throat> Ram Truck Super Bowl commercial called The Farmer aired back in 2013. The commercial featured a voiceover of Paul Harvey's famous speech, So God Made a Farmer, while featuring photographs of farms. Of course, photographs also had their fair share of Ram trucks in them, but most reviews of the commercial were positive. Ad was made in collaboration with the National FFA organization, and Ram agreed to donate $1 million to the FFA based on views received by the YouTube ad. For every 1 million views, the FFA got $100,000, and the goal was reached in less than five days. Ad currently has 23 million views and over 13,000 comments. And also fun fact, that year, the 49ers lost the big game to the Baltimore Ravens because it was the Harbaugh Bowl. That was when John Harbaugh was the Ravens coach and Jim Harbaugh was the 49ers coach. So, yeah, there you go. That was the commercial doesn't feel like seven years ago already. No, that does seem that was a great, great commercial. Just real simple pictures, voiceover, you know, and and I don't even remember in the commercial that whole part about them giving money to FFA. Like they didn't didn't make that part of the part of the push. I I told you guys before, I don't know if it was on the podcast necessarily, but I told you guys about a, a speech that I gave when I was in school still about you know why you know why these you know some of these big firms are around and how kids don't want to farm anymore and and that kind of stuff and uh, i quoted this this um ad basically or that well i quoted the speech it's from a 1970 speech but most people knew it from the super bowl ad not from the speech when i quoted it and uh i you know as they go through the the speech he lists off all the things that could be done in a day you know that right and that and uh most most of the kids in my class were like, "Yeah, no, that that is definitely why I'm not farming. There's no yeah. way you're getting me to do all that in one day." No, it was a it was a, a well done ad. Even the amount of Ram trucks when I rewatched it, um, it, it was probably one in five pictures had a Ram truck sure. in it. So yeah, I remember it wasn't <clears throat> like bombing down a farm lane or something. Yeah, like Ram, right, yeah. right. So that was kind of neat too. That it it just and then it showed the Ram logo was in the corner of the ad the whole time, and then at the end. So kind of neat way to do it. Uh, ad that was more about, you know, propping somebody up rather right. than... Right. When you go the last two years of you have them Anheuser-Busch and Bud Light fighting against, you know, corn growers and corn, um, basically your corn syrup and your beers thing. And then you go look at back at that of that was like the totally opposite where it's to prop up farmers. And, well, and to say that the only reason farmers aren't going organic is the, the cost, which, I mean, it's part of it, but... they're. There's also, I think, a difference of philosophy with yeah. organic. Then. And maybe a good way to say, too, is that people feel like, oh, I'm doing my fair share because I just gave two cents of this six-pack. Yeah. I drank this I drank organic this beer. beer. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So good for the, the world right now. So does, the, what, what do you guys think was actually better for the future of farming? Was it giving $100,000 to FFA? It was or, a million. So they, a million, yeah, giving a million they, to FFA? They gave, a, they gave a million, too, which I think is interesting, too, at that time. They didn't show that, hey, I'm giving all this money like the other ad shows, and they still gave the same amount, so, and that's back in 13. So what do you think helps farmers more or helps the future of farming more? A million dollars to FFA or a million dollars to convert 12 acres to organic farming? <laughs> I, I think the million FFA is really cool. I mean, I really do think that that's a neat way. Um, you guys are both FFA kids, right? Are you, I, are I you was, 4-H kids? Yeah, Todd, Todd I, was, was, I was 4-H. Yeah. Well, Todd was 4-H too. I yeah, think. I was. Both, I was both. But, Oh, over, yeah. over I was a fake kid. Yeah. Because my parents, well, when I was younger, my parents were like, we are not 
getting involved in another thing where I have to drive you to a meeting. <laughs> so as soon as I was old enough to be an FFA, I joined because I wanted, to, you know, I wanted to do all that stuff. But you know, my parents, <laughs> they were not up for an, another another event that they had to drive me to. So, but as soon as I could, I joined FFA. No, and there's nothing wrong with organic. You know, you want to drink organic, that's fine. But to <clears throat> to your the point we're trying to make is, you know, Ram kind of did it without tooting their own horn and yeah. Yeah, they weren't blowing any ram horns in there. And you you didn't have to buy a ram truck to support farmers. They were just doing it. Right. Yeah, you you just had to watch their ad, which is a cool way to do it. Don't be fooled. Michelob is still making plenty of money. Well, yeah, like I said, eight eight bucks a six-pack. It's like a craft beer price for a organic beer that's probably made exactly the same as Michelob Ultra, just using the organic components. One more interesting point on these two. They're both ads are available on YouTube. And I think one interesting thing is the Pure Gold beer commercial, you cannot make comments on. They don't. don't The comments aren't allowed. And on the Ram truck commercial, comments are allowed. And like like Matt said, it had, you know, 13,000 comments. And even the last ones were great. There was one like six months ago that basically just said still really awesome commercial. A couple ones before like showed this to my grandpa who's a farmer and he was in tears and it's just awesome. I mean, that just shows. It still pops up in my Facebook. uh, Like, you know, you're scrolling through Facebook and it still pops up every once every couple months. I still watch it every time. I've seen it. (laughs) You know, I've seen it hundreds of times now. Um, but it, whenever it pops up, I'm always like, yeah, I, I like this. This yeah. is good. This is good stuff. All right. Well, let's move into our last segment here to wrap her up. We've got Cool Beans, or that's corny. So the Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Uh, China to cut tariffs on $75 billion <clears throat> in U.S. goods. They're going to cut them by half on Valentine's Day. So a nice little Valentine's gift for us. It's in the U.S. is the uh, the first first big step here. I think in this new trade deal is getting these uh, tariffs cut in half. So Con- conspiracy theorist time. This is just a ploy so they can send coronavirus blankets over to us on Valentine's <laughs> just, Day. <laughs> yeah. I have, I I see through the smoke screen. Yeah, watch your flowers or what? All yep. right, tinfoil hat guy. Yeah, yeah. And, armadillo uh, helmets. <clears throat> that that's corny. We got. Coronavirus is still having an effect on markets, so soybeans have rallied a little bit, um, but grains have kind of dropped a little, so we're seeing some up and down with with markets yet based on those fears. So, um, yeah. yeah. Those are always hard when fears bring it down by so much and yeah. just frustrating, but hopefully we can get all that figured out and then it kind of rallies back and makes up for that. So, so all right. Well, maybe, I know. Maybe we can find a cure in light that involves corn or something. That'd be really good. Like a, you know, the antidote for coronavirus, which I don't know that it necessarily gets an antidote, but it'd be awesome if we could get that to be, you know, the the ticket. So I know uh, Todd's got to get going here, so we'll wrap her up. Uh, thanks for being here, guys. Yeah, thanks for having thanks, us, Matt. Matt. And <clears throat> as we go out here, we'll, we talked about dicamba trading today, some dicamba products, the Anheuser-Busch advertisement a history minute the ram super bowl commercial from a few years ago called the farmer and talked about a little bit about the effect china's been having on our market so uh, thanks for listening and as always happy farming